Welcome to the Horsewise Podcast with Lynn Reardon, where we share stories of horses and people and what they teach each other. On today's episode, I discuss how feeling behind with your horse is only made worse by trying to rush and catch up. I hope you enjoy the show and have a wonderful day. Today I'd like to talk to you about a really common pitfall that I have found in the horse world that many riders kind of make this mistake of ranging from pleasure riders to professional competitors, even to teachers. And that is the concept of trying to catch up with your horse where you feel like you're way behind for whatever reason. Maybe you've had a round of bad weather and you haven't been able to ride for several weeks and you feel like I've got to catch up. I've got to catch up with my horse. Maybe you've been working extra hard at your job. You've had long hours. You haven't been able to get out to the barn as regularly as you normally would. And your horse is slowly becoming feral out there. And you need to, this, you feel this need to, I've got to rush and catch up. I've got to kind of fill in these gaps that have been developing because I haven't been there. It can also come up around performance. Maybe you feel like it's just been way too long since your horse has made a significant improvement in the show ring. Maybe you're working on a particular maneuver. You're working on flying lead changes. You want to get a spin just absolutely right for an absolutely perfect score so that you can go to worlds or or whatever your particular discipline is. And in each of these cases, it seems like almost the responsible thing to be doing as the owner and the rider. After all, you know, it's your job to sort of coach your horse, to get your horse in condition, to make sure that your horse is progressing and sort of growing as an athlete or as a riding partner. But at the same time, it's a little bit of a trap and it actually is counterproductive to have that approach of, I have to catch up, I have to make up, so to speak, for this perceived delay or this idea that we should be at a better place, at a higher level of performance, we should be doing something differently, better, faster than we are now. There's also this sort of feeling too that something has gone wrong, that there's been, again, maybe a gap in the riding consistency and the horse isn't as far along as you would like and you have to make that up as quickly as possible is sort of the tone. But this approach almost always will yield less than ideal results, pretty much guaranteed. And here's why. First of all, it has to do with the tone and the tenor of your approach, both mentally and to some degree physically, since a lot of times our mindset affects sort of how our body operates as well. So if you're coming in with this idea of, hey, I have to catch up, we have to get started, we have to go faster, we are behind schedule, that is almost a, well, it's a tense energy for sure, and it can be almost frantic. And it isn't a very pleasant energy for learning. It might be a really appropriate energy if you are in a marathon and you really feel like you want to win that marathon and you're in the last you know, 40 yards and you're gonna really kick it forward. But really in riding, there's nothing like that unless you are actually you know, a jockey at the track. And even then, there's so many weeks, months, years of conditioning that get a horse ready to the point where you can do that final big kick. We've got to rush and catch up and, and cross the finish line ahead of everybody else. So that's kind of the tone that you're bringing to it from the start. You may not be aware of it, but it's something you're bringing to yourself mentally. It's this sort of, there's a sort of an admission you're giving to yourself of I'm behind schedule. I've done something maybe 
that isn't quite right. Now I've got to I've got to make it all up. I've got to turn it all around, and I have to do it fast. That is always the element in this idea of I need to catch up. We need to catch up fast. It's never we need to catch up slow and leisurely over the course of the next three years. Catch up always implies that you are behind and you need to rush in order to correct that mistake. But whenever you try to hurry up and fix something with a horse or other areas of your life, you almost inevitably will hit a roadblock and you will end up actually creating a longer delay in your ultimate goals. Horses don't operate on our timeline or per our personal goals, whether it's in the show ring or whatever your personal goals are with your horse. They sort of operate in the moment. They, they learn in the moment. And it's very important to set them up for success so that they can learn, they can get conditioned properly, and so there can be this sense of smooth progression and learning. And just like with kids, that that progression of learning is not necessarily this perfectly linear diagonal that goes from the bottom of, of the graph all the way to the top. We've all seen that famous graphic of success where it's all these curly cues and ups and downs and sideways and all those types of things, and you finally do eventually steadily make progress, but it's not the way that you thought it was. The same thing is true if there's a gap that you feel like you and your horse maybe need to work on together, or if you have a longer-term performance goal, there are a lot of steps to getting there that really shouldn't be skipped. At HorseWise, I do a lot of coaching on mindset for the rider, as well as other things, physical things for the horse. And this is why I bring up this particular concept because I see it so often that people in a sense start whatever the project is, whatever the goal is that they want to accomplish with their horse with this mindset that is going to undermine the results from the very start. And one of the best ways to kind of see this more clearly is to take a look at what are the underlying premises that you are bringing to this idea of, I have to catch up. So let's talk about what those underlying premises tend to be in my experience with clients. The first is that, the first is that speed is more important than quality of result. That is always what you're bringing to kind of the framework when you say, I have to catch up with my horse. So for example, let's take flying lead changes. That's a pretty familiar goal that a lot of people have for their horses and is important in many, many performance disciplines. I can't tell you how many times I've seen people kind of drilling rapid fire, trying to get their horse to do a flying lead change in time for a show or because they just feel like it's time for their horse to do it as quickly as possible. And uh, they end up actually subverting the process. The horse will end up, of course, most cases, doing a flying lead change, but it will be incorrect. It'll be tense. And the horse will bring to the next time you ask for that movement, the same sort of tone because the horse hasn't been set up to do it properly and smoothly. This is why you'll see a lot of less than ideally executed flying lead changes in the show ring. Another premise is that for whatever reason, you don't feel that you have the time to go slow and quote, get it right, to do it at a more leisurely pace that might be more appropriate for you and for your horse. There's this sense of, hey, my only chance here is if I can rush and catch up. There's no sense of, oh, here's something that my horse and I could do better or I would like to improve on. Let's kind of set a leisurely path for success and see you know, how long that takes rather than, oh no, I have this hard deadline. Or again, I feel like I am behind schedule and so is the horse. You almost feel like the only chance you have of accomplishing it is if you go fast. 
And that leads to another premise that can be kind of hidden and under the surface, but is actually a pretty dominant one in this scenario, which is almost always the judgment of an outside person or the industry or a show judge, something like that is also driving this desire to hurry up and catch up with your horse. So in other words, you are saying to yourself, I must not be very good, or I'm not as sophisticated as I ought to be, or as far along as a show competitor, or as a trainer, or even as an amateur rider, I need to prove that I'm as good as some of the people who've been riding more professionally. And in order to do that, I should be having this result by now, or I'm way behind on that result. So I have to rush and catch up. And of course, in that scenario, you are essentially in the position where you feel like you have to prove you can do it and that your horse can do it. And but primarily it comes from you have to prove that you can train your horse to do it, that you can do it together, and you have to prove it to this outside source. That outside source is pretty individualistic to each person. For some, so for some riders, it's pretty obvious. It's like, oh, I want this I want this particular result in the show ring so that the other competitors will know that I am of a certain caliber and so is my horse, or I want to impress this particular judge, Uh, or I want to just at my barn feel like I fit in. You know, many of the riders there grew up riding. I'm an amateur. I want to feel like I fit in. Sometimes it can be more subtle. It can be something like, my mom really wants me to be a high level show performer. And if I'm not doing that, I'm disappointing her. So I really want to prove to her that I can do that. But of course, the the rub, so to speak, in all this is that whenever you approach a task with the idea of I want to prove something, you've pretty much killed the joy in that task. You've pretty much removed the idea of sort of creativity and of longer term steady approach. And you're saying, I have to prove that I can do this. And I feel personally that that sort of tone to have with the horse, even if it's super subtle, that I have to prove something by teaching you to do this or making you do this pretty quickly is just not a good framework for a result with a horse. It's counterintuitive to good horsemanship, but it's also counterintuitive to actual result. I know many of my listeners are show riders, some of them are professional professional trainers, and that you know, results are part of their work. They need to be able to produce certain results. And so that's why I bring up that term specifically. So it's not just this sort of theoretical, wouldn't it be nice if we could all do good horsemanship? It's more like, hey, good horsemanship creates good results. You can get a short-term result with this kind of rush and catch-up mentality, but it will only be short-term. It will be poorer quality, and it will eventually come back to haunt you because those quick short-term results, it's kind of like you have sort of a hole in the wall and you paper it over with wallpaper and no one notices for a while, but eventually that wallpaper will decay sometime sooner than you expect, and that hole will soon be apparent, and it may be worse because it hasn't been corrected properly to begin with. So going back to this idea of having to prove something to somebody, that is an idea really worth exploring. Just who is it that you're trying to prove something to and why is their opinion more important than maybe the pleasure of learning something together with your horse in a more, you know, relaxed and straightforward way? It's kind of the difference between cramming for a test and actually 
learning and understanding the material? Wouldn't it be better to be able to really learn and understand the material rather than sort of rush and cram and hope, hope you get an A or that things kind of work out just at that one moment? Um, and who, who are you trying to impress? Like, why is that so important? It, it really ought to kind of be between you and the horse. You and the horse are sort of the judge of each other as your horse lets you know when you could do things better. And hopefully you in a supportive way help your horse understand how to make good decisions without forcing them upon him. A key question I often will ask my clients and often myself too is let's say again your goal is the perfect, perfect flying lead change. And my question is, if you could get that, it was 100% guaranteed that you would have a perfect flying lead change. It would be solid, both directions, absolutely seamless, lovely, flowing, horse happy about it, you happy about it, poetry in motion, but no one was there to see it. Would you still want that result? Or is it so important that it be witnessed, that it be somehow a reflection of you to the outside world rather than that beautiful moment of sort of ballet and poetry between you and your horse? That's an important question to ask. And the answer to that question is significant because the answer to that question is what will tell you what your training approach has been with your horse on that particular movement. Now, I'm not in any way denigrating people for having a big goal with their horse. In fact, I love that. I love seeing really excellent performance between the horse and the rider. It's, it truly is a thing of beauty to behold. I'm just saying that the motivation for it and the tone for it, if you really want to reach the highest sort of version of that goal, requires something other than I need to catch up with my horse so that I can prove something to the outside world. And here's another element to consider. You know, it's just so much more fun to do it, quote, the right way or kind of together as a team. It may be a little slower, but it's just so much more fun to actually get it right. And both you and the horse grow together as a result. I find that just a big part of the joy of having horses, the joy of working with horses. And they're so individualistic and so are the riders. How cool is it for both the horse and the rider to sort of come to the same result, the same goal together, helping each other out, working out these unique sort of quirks that they have in order to achieve their version of the result. Your version of a flying lead change with your horse will probably look different than it might for mine or someone else, but it will be your unique product between you and your horse in the best balance and the best uh, rhythm that the both of you can achieve together rather than doing it quickly, do it in a rush so that your trainer will be impressed or your barn mates or a judge or your mother, depending on the situation. Now, as always, I like to give a little example of my own mistakes in this area. And uh, I'd like to tell you the story of a horse I had. He was an older X-Race horse, a war horse. His name was LB, great horse, but quirky, definitely opinionated, and maybe not super uh, open to being rushed, which sounds funny for an X-Race horse, but it's definitely true. I hadn't had LB very long, and we had quite a round of rain. It had been a super rainy season, and uh, we were, in my opinion, behind schedule. We hadn't really mastered the art of riding out in the open pasture, just more or less in a round pen in a very small arena. So after weeks of being a little bit pent up, I kind of geared up and I went out and I was like, okay, we're going to do this today. We're going to go ride out in that pasture. It's finally dry. And we've just been way too behind on this. And, uh, I really need to 
you know, show this horse that we can do this together. But in my mind was also a neighboring trainer who had commented to me a few weeks ago before the rain began, some surprise that I wasn't further along with LB. And that had kind of stuck with me, stuck in my craw, so to speak. And I felt a little embarrassed whenever I thought about it. That was definitely in the back of my mind as I walked out to catch LB and begin our ride together. And so we got riding, and of course I was pretty tight because I was in a hurry, and LB was pretty tight because I was in a hurry, and I think he was a bit offended too. It was the first time we'd ridden in a few weeks, and he was maybe a little stiff and needed some warming up, and he certainly didn't need me and my kind of pushy attitude about things. And uh, I I pushed him on. I'm like, we're going to do this. You know, we're going to get this done. You're going to get over it. We're going to go up and down this tree line and let's go. And no, no time to sort of fuss around or stretch you, get you warmed up. Let's just go. Let's just go and show we can do it. And uh, as you can imagine, he just didn't think that was the best idea ever. And he tried to give me plenty of warning that he was, again, a bit offended and also that he might need a different approach. But I was just not listening. And um, I kicked him pretty hard and I had a little crop and uh, he he picked a cedar tree that was kind of very close to some soft pasture grass, which I really appreciated. And he very methodically proceeded to dump me over his shoulder with a beautifully timed spook that was a little bit too methodical to be truly fear-based. And I slid down and landed on my butt, as I deserved to. And I stared up at him, and he stared down at me. And the first thing I said was, I'm so sorry. I apologize. And I got back on him with a much different mindset than when I had before. And we ended up having a very nice, quiet ride that didn't prove anything to anybody except that I could listen to my horse for once. When you try to catch up with your horse, you miss the really key things. What you need to kind of focus on instead is doing less sooner. So that it's less about getting more things done with your horse, but it's about instead how to get the right things done with your horse. The ones that help him become balanced and supple and straight, both in his mind and in his body, the little things. And that's what HorseWise does, is we help people figure out what those little things are individualistically for your horse and biomechanically for all horses. So if you would like more information on how to do less sooner, drop me a line at horsewisecoach at icloud.com or visit my website at horsewisecoach.com. As always, thank you for listening, and I hope you have a wonderful day.